Rejoice, a reason to rejoice. Uh, you might have that on your little uh, slip if you've got a little, as you came in, something just to follow along this morning. Uh, you feel free to ignore it or look at it or if you want to write something down, uh, you can do that. Um, if you haven't got one, they're just in the foyer at the front door, you feel free to go up and go up and get one now. A reason to rejoice. Re- rejoice uh, means to feel and or show great delight or pleasure. To feel or show great delight or pleasure. And there's different ways, I think we, different ways we rejoice. Um, sometimes it's really simple things. There was a really simple thing on Monday at Playgroup. A uh, little Sienna rider came in on, on Monday and she had the biggest smile on her face. From like she's usually happy. Usually the kids are pretty happy when they come to to play group. Um, but Sienna, for some, I just it shone out in my. I just remember it in my mind so vividly. She had this massive smile on her face, and she just did not stop smiling. And, and I had these words in my mind about rejoicing. I'm like, this. It's like this girl is rejoicing. And. It probably was something really simple like she just woke up or she's just finished eating or she's filled a nappy or something like that. It's pretty simple. I think rejoicing, we're still pretty simple even when we're older. Uh, rejoicing. I, I know, I know that the cousins and the, 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 the kerchies are off to the footy next week. They don't all go for the same team. <coughs> so there's going to be, no, I think you're going to have to be gracious. Pete, when you're on the way back, because there'll be some sad sort of Essendon supporters. But then we we find all sorts of ways to rejoice. Footy is like this way that we rejoice. We show this delight and pleasure in achieving something or seeing something. When I was a I was up in Sydney a few years ago for a grand final of the Melbourne Storm, and I'm playing. Uh, in 2016, Cronulla Sharks, who have been in the competition for like 54 years, never won a premiership. Not once. All the stadium was filled with blue and white Cronulla. A little pocket of purple where the Melbourne Storm, we were sitting right on the edge, me and Luke. And then it was just the aisle and then blue and white all the way around the stadium. The joy... Oh no... <laughs> And there was so, you know, they probably went over the top a bit, but they just beat Melbourne Storm and they went nuts. Like they, the pleasure and the joy in their face and the delight was crazy. You know, we have two daughters. Been doing ballet lessons for 10 years now. Um, we find great joy in seeing our daughters do ballet. Um, you go into the, they have an end of year concert and, uh, Kate, Kay would know all about these concerts over the years, many more years than us. And, and there's probably about 80 acts and you have to sit through all of them. But there's great joy when you see your child up on the stage and when it comes to them doing their act. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And then, the next joyful moment is probably when the concert finishes and they draw down the curtain and it's like, it's time to go home. In Mackenzie's very first 
act. We had Ava still in nappies um, and we thought we had front row seats actually being ended up being back row seats because the map was upside down when we booked. <laughs> but that was a blessing because Ava does not stop moving. And Ava, while we were, Ava was, it was at the back with us and, and, and in the process of this hot night watching all these acts and watching Mackenzie do her first performance, Ava starts stripping, you know, taking her clothes off and wriggling around and moving. And, and I'll tell you, there was much rejoicing when that, that curtain came down. Ava was like in a nappy, just naked and we're just like, let's get out of here. <laughs> it was a, a great feeling of, of pleasure and, and delight to be out of there. We want to get to verse 10 today in chapter 61. I want to get to verse 10 and when we get there, I expect that we'll have every reason, if it's not already, to make it a reality for each one of us to delight and rejoice in the Lord. Despite what is going on in our lives, despite our age or our assets or our failings this week or our relationship breakdowns, we will have every reason to say, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. As much as there would have been an understanding of, of this passage in, in 61, uh, relating to the, to the time that they were in the Israelite nation and Isaiah being the, the, uh, the, the, the one who is anointed and preaching the good news and that, relating it to their life. We spoke a bit about this last week. It's like the valleys and the hills, you know, that, that, that it's relevant at each point. And as much as there are references to future Israel, I just want to say that it's on my heart this week and today to draw our focus to just these first few verses and look at the relevance and the application for us today. A reason to rejoice. I trust that we go away from today with a reason and a desire to rejoice in Christ for what he has done for us. Back a few chapters in Isaiah 56, God God says to his people to maintain justice. He says, do righteousness, do what is right according to God's standard. You see, God's purpose for Israel was to be that faithful representation of who he is, to be that to the other nations and draw them to want to know God and be obedient to him. Well, we know that that was a, that was something that they failed in regularly. That was something they couldn't obtain through the law. Yet in chapter 60, we are told that this is something, last week we looked at, this is something that God will do. God will do this in his people. This is not something that you can achieve through good behaviour and religious practices, but it's something God will carry out. And in 61, we see how that will happen. How will God carry out this, this plan and this purpose of, of producing righteousness and good works and his character through his creation? 
And in chapter 61, we learn that it will happen through Jesus. And so I ask of these first few verses in chapter 61, who, what, why and when? And I want to use those questions to to draw out today's message and and application for us. Well, the who is, is probably one of the shortest points. It says the spirit of the Lord rests on this person and that's a phrase that's used a number of times throughout Isaiah as it refers to, to Jesus, the, the servant. And if you go over to Luke 4 for, for a moment, in Luke 4 Jesus is in the synagogue and he takes the scroll which is of the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years later, takes the prophet Isaiah, takes the scroll and and unrolls it, turns over to chapter 61. That was a joke. I don't think that chapter 61 then. Anyway, turns over to chapter 61, turns over to this portion and says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus talking 2,000 years ago. Hundreds of years after Isaiah's written, this is Jesus now in the synagogue amongst the religious people. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Jesus goes on. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolls up the scroll, hands it back. It says, today this scripture is fulfilled. The who is quite quite simple to answer. It's speaking of Jesus. I'm the one, Jesus says, who this is prophesying about. I am the one who the Spirit of the Lord is resting on. I am the one who's going to carry out what has been prophesied about. Well, then we come to the what. What's the message about? Well, you see in these first few verses, there's found six verbs, doing words. Bring good news. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim freedom and the Lord's favour. Release prisoners. Comfort who mourn and provide for those who grieve. These are these are action words. They're doing words. And first and foremost, they're about bringing they're about bringing change in the spiritual life of a person. The good news is about salvation. The the poor are the are the spiritually the spiritual poor. Those who mourn, those who mourn is a reference to those who recognise sin in their life, who recognise that they are well short before God. Comfort received is, is in complete contrast to the wrath of God and the anger of God. It's God's salvation. 
And you see the result for the recipients of this servant king is seen in verse 3. It doesn't talk about materially prospering or being elevated in the social settings and structures of the world. But there's a phrase there that they'll be seen and known as oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness, which we'll get to in in a moment. But the essence, the what, the essence of Jesus' mission is not social reform, but spiritual transformation. Spiritual transformation. This, this is something I, I really don't, I mean, I don't have my head around all of what that actually means. A, a change to the, the immaterial part of our being. The immaterial part of our being. I, I had an MRI during the week. I, I was told that, I was on my right knee, you know, I was, I was told that um, the, the x-ray and the ultrasound that I've had, you know, that doesn't grab everything. The, the MRI sees everything. And it will show all the ligaments, the stuff that's wrong, the arthritis, the cyst, the <clears throat> goes through the whole list. Um, the result is that I'm old, probably shouldn't have played cricket for one more season after nine years out, <clears throat> but I'll still try again next year probably. But you know, there's no device, there's no tool that looks into the soul. There's no, there's no uh, operation that can change or alter the soul. The disconnect of our spirit from our creator. Only God has made a way to be connected in relationship with him. Uh, to be made alive in the spiritual context connected with our creator. That, that is a miraculous and a powerful thing that only God can do. And, and, and of course, that, that, that impact and the change of that uh, saving of our soul and, and connection with our creator is what then changes our physical, the things that we do and the things that we say. Are we a people, are you a person, am I a person who has recognised how poor we are spiritually? You know, before God in our own strength and in our own efforts to, to do what is right, to be good, to... We are well short. In our own strength, we're well short. But this morning we can rejoice. There's a reason to rejoice because there is good news. There is great news. Do you mourn for the sin in your life? And that's relevant for young people, old people, all ages. Do you mourn for the sin in your life that just gets you regularly and time again? 
and that can just bring you down to a place of despair and just feeling like you're useless. Well, there's a reason for you this morning to rejoice because there is forgiveness in Jesus and in Jesus alone. All of your sin, all of your sin is on him. He's taken it, he's paid the price for it, he's dealt with it. I've shared probably before, but that that verse from Horatio Spafford's song, The When Peace Like a River, it says, my sin, the, the glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. We stand forgiven at the cross. No need to live in guilt, no need to live in shame, forgiveness. What a saviour. Thirdly, why? Why this work? We've looked at the who and the what, but why? Why this work? And we come to this statement about people will become oaks of righteousness. Something that no one can achieve by themselves in the history of humanity. Only by the miraculous and powerful work of the servant will there be change in the lives of people who are humble in spirit, who surrender their lives to God. You know, that the oak is a, is a representation of, uh, of, of strength and, and durability. You'd probably not be so confident if you read it as a as a twig of righteousness or a leaf of righteousness, but it's a an oak of righteousness. It's strength and durability. Not that perfection is met in this life, but the fact that something tangibly different, something tangibly different, will be will come about in your life in your households, in your workplaces, in your family life, in our communities, people will see something completely different in us. And it's a result of salvation and forgiveness. We're reminded again and again in the New Testament that that through salvation, God's plan for us is, is to change us. And the reason for that change is that his, his love and compassion and, and, and grace and, and, and forgiveness, it, it all becomes part of who we are and the way that we live and evident in our life. And it has me thinking this week and, and hopefully have you thinking this week, asking ourselves, how can I in this moment, reflect God's righteousness, reflect his character to those around me? How can I, in this moment now, reflect God's righteousness and his character? I've often found myself angry with other drivers, uh, mostly because they're not up to my standard. And I've had to give some advice. At times, they don't usually hear me. 
But sadly, I admit that is an issue for me. In a serious note, that is an issue. And I'm thinking about this week, like, why do I get so upset on the road? Like, I'm just going to go home and start cooking dinner. Like, it's not really, it doesn't matter, another five minutes. Uh, we used to have these these shirts, I don't know if we still have them, the wristbands and shirts, the WWJD. I think they were the What Would Jesus Do? They're quite a popular sort of thing. I don't know if it's the 90s or 2000s, or if they're still around, they might still be around. But this one that I, I was looking at, thinking about um, during the week, H-C-I-I-T-M-R-G-R-H-C-T-T-A-M. <laughs> You'd need a big wristband probably to get that around or like a big shirt to get all those letters. But, you know, imagine a world where every created being spent every moment of every day with this attitude. How can I in this moment reflect the character of God, reflect his righteousness in this moment when I'm angry, when I'm upset, when I've been hurt, when I haven't been forgiven? Imagine the difference. Imagine family life where we spent every moment of every day with that attitude. Imagine school and work relationships where we constantly thought about how can I in this moment reflect the righteousness of God and his character? What's going to change in my interaction if I'm thinking about reflecting the righteousness and the character of God? What's going to, this church going to look like if we all have this attitude, how am I going to reflect? This is a really hard situation. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feel- Right now, how can I reflect God's righteousness and his character? I hope that's going to be easier for you to remember than those like 15 letters because <clears throat> that's not going to work. It's not going to work for me. And in a real sense... Every Christian is a, a public advertisement for God. Every Christian is a public advertisement for God and who he is. It's sort of daunting, isn't it? I'm not sure I want to tell people, like, look at my life to know what God is like. Tammy Hembro. And Kayla, I'm going to get this wrong, Rachel told me how to say it, it signs, I think, uh, are two of Australia's biggest influencers, Elizabeth. I'm sure you follow them on Instagram <clears throat> because they've got thousands and thousands, probably millions of followers. Um, they don't compare to the, they don't compare to the American version of like influencers, like uh, Kardashians. They get paid like millions of dollars to promote Twisties or Cadbury or whatever. <clears throat> but these two uh, are some of Australia's biggest influencers. Um, companies will pay them anywhere from about thirty to fifty thousand dollars to promote their brand or logo. 
um, to their Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or all the things you're up to date with, I'm sure. I was thinking about it, Declan, if we had anything in the budget to perhaps run a the Easter Thursday night, you know, maybe Tammy might put it on her Instagram. Um, 30 grand out of our budget is a bit much, probably. But these guys are... This thing about influencers is, you know, it's big now because through social media, uh, you can reach anyone anywhere at any time. And people are influenced because of the word influence. People's lives and minds are influenced because of what these people do and say. People are attracted to to want to be like them. Every moment, every moment of every day is an opportunity for us to be an oak of righteousness. How can I in this moment reflect God's righteousness, his character to those around me? And that's not for your personal glory. It's not for your honour. It's not for people to say, oh, he's so amazing. He does so much. He's so honest. He's a man of person of integrity. He gives so much. That's not why this is to be done. It's not why it's to be seen in our life. Jesus in Matthew 5 talked about kingdom life kingdom life on earth and kingdom character and at the end of that he spoke about us being salt and light you know being that difference in the world standing out and then he said and so when people see your good deeds and see that you are different the point of that is that they will turn and give glory to God Our influence on our communities should be about drawing people to know and and belong to God. Well, this is the the last of the questions, when. And it's interesting to note in Luke 4, the the passage we read earlier, you know, Jesus in the synagogue, he opens up Isaiah and he reads out this passage and, and he stops it. You might notice that he, he stops it proclaiming the years, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and he stops it halfway through verse 2. doesn't say, and the day of vengeance of our God. Because you see, his purpose in the first time Jesus came, his purpose and his message was and still is to seek and to save the lost. And that's all done under the banner of his grace and his mercy and forgiveness. And that took him to the cross where he would die. But there will be a second coming of Jesus. And in that time, there will be judgment. There will be vengeance of our God. But right now, we are living in a window of opportunity. There is a window of opportunity to come by faith to Jesus and say, I believe that you've died for my sins, you've paid the price and I want to belong to you. I want to have connection from my soul to belong to you and be connected to you. 
that spiritual transformation. I believe every person is created by God. I believe every person has a soul. And it's that immaterial part of our being that that people so often talk about that aches for something. That there's, you know, people talk about that hole in their life or they talk about the emptiness. I think it's that what they're talking about is the the soul, their immaterial part of their being that aches for connection, that longs for fulfilment, that desires connection. And humanity have looked at all things and tried all sorts of things to bring fulfilment, to bring purpose, to bring connection. But nothing, nothing can do it except a relationship with God. And so can you say today, I delight greatly in the Lord. Can you say today, my soul rejoices in my God? Or is your soul still disconnected? Is there a disconnect? Are you still in a place of saying, I'm, I don't know what that feels like. I haven't experienced verse 10. And there's a longing and there's an ache in your soul. It's the immaterial part of your being that nothing you can grab hold of in this world can ever fulfill. Well, today you're in a window of opportunity to stop, come before him and believe by faith. Jesus, I believe you've died for my sins and I want to be in a relationship with you. Bring that fulfilment, bring that purpose and connection into my soul. And he promises he will. He'll do it straight away for you. His salvation and his righteousness and his character is available to you and I today. Father God, we do thank you that uh, salvation is not something that we need to go and earn. Uh, We can't pay for it. We can't do enough things here at church. We can't come enough times. But to come by faith. Challenge us, Lord, with your word. We thank you that it is true. We thank you that you are living and you are real. Uh, Thank you for the change that you've brought about in my life and in the lives of many here today. Uh, May your message be clear and powerful through the work of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.